You're listening to the Pantelis Podcast. Uh, my guest today, actually, before I get into my guest, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, um, where you can get your Audible books going. It's a very fun place. It's 180,000 titles for you to choose from. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash Pantelis and get yourself a free 30-day trial uh, for an audiobook and a free book. It's, it's a lot of fun. So Derek Sagan yep. and Abdul Butt. Great in studio at the same time, you guys hate each other, rivals. Uh, but I'm <laughs> trying to make peace between you by bringing you in here. Uh, not sure you guys just you brought Abdul for the last leg of your tour, and uh, yep. I believe he did great. He's my road wife. Yeah, and you guys had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a good road wife? He uh, he consulted with my actual wife on how to deal with certain things. <laughs> I was like, what do you do when the Derek fucking falls asleep in a snowbank? Nothing. Just leave them there. <laughs> Is that what she said? That's, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to what she tells me. I just, I know, I've figured it out. You've, uh, Derek's you... easy to deal with. Yeah? Yeah, he's uh, self-sufficient. He's like a cat. <laughs> you just kind of leave him be. You don't have to bother him. Just give me 10 minutes to lick myself clean. <laughs> <laughs> Makes his way home. <laughs> what was the what was the funnest place you guys visited? You guys had a quite an adventure. Uh, that Niagara on the Lake show was fun because there was, was cool. no pressure. We didn't have to... Yeah. We didn't. It wasn't. We had nothing at stake, really. Yeah, uh, we had fun though in Northern Ontario. Free beer. Too. It was just yeah. free beer the well, whole not, time. Not free until well. free all weekend. <laughs> then we want to encourage uh, them. Oh, let's buy some of your beer. Seven thousand dollars for a couple was, of bottles. Um, North Bay was wicked too. North Bay was awesome. Yeah, really, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, Derek, yeah, they put the the strip club in. Town, oh, that was put that was Derek's North Bay. Name on yeah. a on a marquee. Yeah. How did you see that? You were driving in town. And you just see your name on in a strip club marquee. Yeah. I think I we drove in and I was like I just kind of noticed it, and I was like, what the hell is it? And then Derek knew because someone told him or the guy messaged you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the owner it, was a fan owner. and uh, yeah, and he's Quebecois, so. It, I don't know how much we could talk about his operation, but yeah. But you great. you also showed those pictures online. Not only did those he put the name fannies? on the line, he went the extra mile. He fannies, yeah. Fannies. He even put the fucking poster inside the strip club in, of your show. Inside yeah. the strip club, beside the uh, price list of lap dances and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude, tons of strippers came out to the show. <laughs> and then we all went back and partied at the strip club. It was amazing. This is such a good time. After party at a strip joint. Yeah, yeah. Great fucking time. Yeah, it was pretty it was fun. Really that was great. awesome. Um, one of Angela, my girlfriend's best friend, live in North Bay, so he helped promote, and there he's friends with that guy. And Angela came to came to that show as well. She flew in that morning. Uh, yeah, that on Northern Ontario one was fun. Yeah, were yeah. you just trying to have an alibi or something? Because yeah, yeah, my girlfriend was strip, partying yeah. with me at my, the strip joint. Yes, so people my don't girlfriend don't was there. Don't worry. Start rumors about what happened in that strip club. <laughs> and it's not. It's for her. It's for other people. I'm sure other people seen how handsome I am. They worry that I might cheat on my girlfriend. <laughs> But it's not going to happen. I don't want them to think that, no. Anytime there's a risk, either Abdul or my actual wife are with me. So <laughs> <laughs> they keep my morality in check. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, oh, I didn't know that uh, North Bay and these kind of places were that much fun. Oh, man, amazing. Small towns are great, man. Like, if you can get to a town that's 60,000 plus, uh, some of them will be shit, but some of them will be super cool. Like, they have, they're self-sufficient for their fun, so they... Yeah, I, I like the fact that you went in and you guys kicked ass because a lot, like in the cities, a lot of the times, if you talk about real material and uh, stuff that's taboo, you, right. know, you get people angry with you. Yeah. But it seems like this whole tour, the two of you together, which you'd think you'd piss people off, it's the opposite. People were happy with you. They were writing good stuff. Everybody was excited about the new city you're going to go to. Yeah. So it had the opposite effect in small towns. 
then right. it would in it was fun yeah like cities. i don't remember i think maybe it's forty thousand or forty five thousand. i don't even know but yeah North it's Bay. A pretty cool and uh and it's a 800 something seat theater jesus yeah so it we, was almost packed. Like it was like yeah. I think seven hundred people or something. It was pretty packed. Yeah, it was pretty. It was great. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was and it was yeah, it was a great time. It was Actually, a relief. It was the last show of the tour too, so it really helped bump up the profitability of the whole tour. <laughs> Are you planning a new tour soon? Uh, we're looking. I might do uh, a couple of one-off shows just based on another tour that I'm doing for somebody else. It's like a corporate tour, but like if say, for example, I'm in uh, Ottawa on the Thursday for this corporate thing. I might look to rent a theater and ship a Orlean or Canada or something like that. So that we're looking at stuff now. But snow, uh, February, March, April, probably we'll do more the rest of Ontario and then move our way west. So you can take the tour so that you just took and continue to other places. Block your calendar. <laughs> Saddle yeah. up, baby. Saddle up, <laughs> So you're going to take that tour that you just did right now and just do it in other cities. That's right. What about, uh, do you ever close off that tour and say, like, okay, I'm done with this material? Well, I this was start my first tour. ever tour. This was the first time I ever do it on my own. Which is surprising. Own. Well, I, you know, I toured, but not my, my It wasn't own. the Derek Sagan tour right. before. Right, it was like I tour, like, I do Yuck Yuck and then another club or whatever. Yeah, headlining weekends. Yeah. yeah, this is the first time I pay the theater and have a, uh, have a Roger on board, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a tour manager and all that. Um, and then we, so we shot, Abdul helped me to shoot a lot of the shows. So we're putting that together as a demo in case people want. So some of the, to do a tour, it's great that we sell some show. Like, so a theater friend, the one in North Bay next year, they want to buy it. So they pay me whatever amount of money and I go and I stop there. That's when I don't have to worry about That's selling with That's their job. But then other, so like if I do North Bay sold to somebody, I'll do, Say the next city, whatever, uh, Sudbury. Pembroke or whatever, yeah. Sudbury, I'll rent a theater. And so you just build the tour, and you know, some of them we pay for, and it's all on us. Sometimes we just sell the show. Um, so we're going to get to work soon on the one that will start February, March next year. And cool. uh, we'll, we'll call it the same thing. Maybe it doesn't really matter because I. You know, this one I was pretty good because we did it three week in a row. Like it was, uh, I think, 11 city or 10 city over a three or four week period. The show ended up pretty well the same. Like we yeah. switched a little bit, but I was doing the same material. But now that it's going to be one year since that, th it, there's a good chance that the material will be different. But people don't know. It's not like people fucking yeah, exactly, and came to... Uh, that's just the. This is actually the, the those three weeks because the opening of the show, the the boat shitter shit uh, story, yeah, <laughs> the boat was brand new. So like on night one, it was like what a ten minute, eight minute joke. By like night thirteen, I see it was uh, like a thirty minute joke, and I just did it in a Callaway this weekend. Forty two minute. Holy crap! Of boat shitter. <laughs> how did yeah. you even add? How did you add? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, because yeah, I was free. I just, just I went until I had to get off stage you to just, pee. Just goes. He just goes. But a lot of stuff sticks because I remember a few weeks ago in uh, in Knowlton, uh, the, you added at the end of the boat shitter when you had added some member that we told you after that it, yeah. it was fucking great. It was and a I great line to add. Probably forgot to. So, I was too drunk. But it was always there. It's just the wording wasn't. The, the wording same. wasn't it the was same. Just yeah, the and wording then, and then the way he dropped it, and that's where he ended it. That was the difference. You know what I'm surprised of. I'm surprised that you were surprised when you said, oh, I didn't know that I was this much of a big draw across Canada. Yeah. I was surprised that that shocked you. 
it feels like everybody in the room, everybody else knew, knew who Derek Sagan was and that you're going to be a drop. You're going to except for you. Nolten? No, not Nolten. <laughs> 46 no, no, no. people. <laughs> not Nolten, not Nolten. 46 knew how important no, no, I am. No, no, no. I mean, in general, when you did the tour, like when I was talking, you're like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that much of a draw. But it's weird because for me, if I hear Derek Sagan and I was, I'd be like, yeah, of course it's going to be a fucking draw. It's Derek Sagan. Well, why? Thanks, but I don't know why you, though, this is what I'm curious about, why you didn't fucking think like that. You never know. I mean, I'm not. Because uh, he's humble. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm realist. I mean, that. Real. Well, you did. Yeah, I, I get a lot of people out, so yeah. you're, you're not too real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Tell that to the people of Bridgewater. <laughs> where, where we, well, that was just, yeah, again. It's, we promoted it's, it wrong. We yeah. learned some shit. Yeah. It's all, and that was the coolest thing about going out on the road with Derek is getting to see all the fuck ups and not having it to be on me. I got to watch him screw up. And then when I ever get the chance to do it, I'll go, yeah, well, I remember how Derek fucked up. <laughs> not doing that again. But yeah, no, it was great. It was pretty crazy that all those people came out. Bridgewater was still a great show. It wasn't a lot of, it was still, I don't know what the number was. I don't know how many I people came either. out. I think I lost $1,300 that night. So Yeah, but it was on booze. Yeah, on booze. No, that was the problem. There was some of these places. So that's the one thing. That, that one had booze. My tour manager. That's right, because yeah. it was the hotel. But we went to a couple venue that had no booze, and I'm like, but if there is Derek Segay fan, they're definitely alcoholics. You cannot yeah. <laughs> hold this in a dry high school gymnasium. Let's you know, not do that. Oh, and that yeah, was the first. Up. The first show that we did was yeah. in a, and it was just yeah. That was kind of like a bad experience. Like hockey taping up beer, like just so nobody else knows uh, that no. I'm drinking. Well, there's no way I'm doing a show without drinking. Yeah, no shit. But uh, sometimes we had to ask people to watch it without drinking. And yeah, I learned a lot. Why was I surprised? I don't know, Pantelis. How do you know? You know, like I was surprised last year just for laugh before we went on the air here. We talk about the selling out show at just for a laugh. In Montreal, Sick I shows. see when people, yeah, when Sick people could shows. see me for fifteen dollar any night of the, you know often in the year, uh, why would they pay $30 to come to a Just for Laughs show? But apparently because they want to see it. So And again, the biggest thing is six fucking shows. It's not like it's a luck. Yeah. It's a one, six fucking shows. That's what I'm saying. That's big. That's big. There's a lot of other people that don't don't draw like that uh, that you'd assume would have bigger names or bigger. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like um, it's so weird looking at it from the outside. Uh, I, I feel like you, where you are in people's eyes, let's say in this country, in terms of a comedian, is much higher than when you where you realize that, that you are, I which is so. fucking insanity to me. Yeah, definitely. You see I it, right? You uh, see what I'm saying, right, Abdul? Like you get right, where, let's party for that one. You get, Jesus. Up my eye. <laughs> <laughs> you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, like, of that's course. how it seems. Like I'm looking at it from the outside, and it seems that way, which is so interesting. Thanks, guys. It's, but it's not a thing. It's re- now we're being real. Now we're, we're saying the realness. I hope that you're right, and this wasn't a fluke. Because we, you know, and. The, I don't know when this will air, but uh, on June 17th, so two weeks ago, uh, and Abdul was on the show, we did a fundraiser for the flood relief here in Quebec. The, yeah, the overflowing. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And that, honestly, and Abdul, uh, uh, Tim Wang, like he'll, he'll back me up that I fucking work 10,000 <laughs> times harder on this one benefit show that I did on our whole tour. Like I was just basically avoiding things and stuff. Uh, and it worked out really well. But if it taught me something, it's the next tour. I will work harder, and yeah. we would definitely get a publicist. Like that's yeah. once we did our first weekend. I say Abdul and I is, the, you know, the show. It's called Derek Sagan Forty Three Point Oh, but it's the Derek. <laughs> Can and I Abdul get my show. name on the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the Derek the, and Abdul show. Yeah. <laughs> 
And even on the Fanny's marquee, the guy say he wanted to put your name, but he ran out of vowels to put that to old butt. He, had not, he didn't have enough T's or something. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. yeah, I would take Abdul on the road with me everywhere if I could. But again, so to, the work that I put into the, uh, the benefit, the overflowing with laughter, was like 10 times more than I worked on the whole tour last time. So it showed me that first I can do the work and I do know how to do it, even though I don't love that part of it. Uh, but uh, the next time, because uh, well, I need money, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I will work hard and I will make I sure everybody get the message that we're coming. I think also because you know that you can do it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's when you're doing it for yourself. You're kind of like, and Derek's like this, and I think that's why we get along so well because I I could relate on the same. Like, you don't want to promote yourself. Like, you yeah, feel it's weird. Kind of, especially you don't want to work super hard and then still fail. Yeah, you at know? least if I only work half ass, you have and an I excuse. Fail, well, well, at least I didn't invest my heart and soul in it. But know? I think now you're like like Pantelis is saying, you're at that point where you could work your ass off and it will work because your name is out there. As opposed to people, you know, if, if, you know, some people try and it just doesn't work. But, yeah, you're out. You're at that point where you can do it, where you can. Uh, all right. We're all going to get smoked. Right, right. I just want to insert here that this is like one of the coolest podcasts on the planet. Only because we Derek's can, allowed to smoke We can and drink. smoke and drink yeah. at this podcast. <laughs> if we could just have a game I'm of I'm quitting my comedy right career. I'm going to be yeah, the man. fucking Pantelis podcast sidekick. I see the yeah. Ed McMahon of the fucking Pantelis <laughs> sidekick. Gonna, yeah. Smoking and drinking indoors. There's going to yeah. be a poker game right next to us, too. As long as we start betting on something, yeah. Derek's going to have a great time right now. And that's like, so you make it, so some people have made it sound like, oh, you're so nice to bring Abdul everywhere you go. No, fuck, this guy have to put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, all, you're so, but Abdul's a fucking, Abdul's a great fucking comedian. He's, and he's a great Thanks, guys. MC also. Like, right to, here. like to go out, he don't <laughs> mind going out to cold audience where I'm like, He doesn't like, give oh. a shit. I'm like, yeah, he don't give a shit. He don't give a shit. I mean, he do. Like, if the show goes good, he's happier after than I, when it's go but bad. But he's never scared. But when it's go bad, he's not like, well, fucking, they were stupid or whatever. You know, like, he always... Yep. Did I ever tell you the story uh, about a year ago? Uh, I was on stage with Abdul. He opened the show, and he had this great joke about voting that I think you've heard. He has a great show about the, the women voters and Trump right, and all right, that. Right, yeah, yeah. And a woman got so mad that she threw her popcorn at him <laughs> on st- at the comedy nest, right? So we're watching. Abdul doesn't even flinch. The thing just, the basket just floats in the air in front of him, doesn't flinch, looks at her, laughs a bit, and continues his fucking joke and <laughs> continues talking to the woman, not, not panicky and overreacting. Is that he didn't give a shit? Yeah. He's like, all right, well, this happened. I gave continued. him a tag actually for that, for that specific joke. If you yeah. would have had that then, like, oh, well, which one are you? I guess you're the one. I guess you're the one that didn't vote for Donald Trump, you fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it's just absurd how she reacted like that. And him just kept his cool. He's like, oh, this is Dude, I just right don't now. care anymore. I'm tired of caring. Like, because no matter what, I used to care. And I still kind of care. Like, I don't want people to be upset. Of course, And of course, of course, we all care. Yeah, but, but you're never going to please everybody. And, and that's you're not going to scare him out of comedy. No, exactly. You know I mean? I'm. It's too far in. I can't do anything else. I've... What am I going to go apply at another job and they're going to see yeah. all the videos that I've done <laughs> yeah. and like yelling rape jokes of Bill Cosby? You think yeah. they're going to hire me at some other job? At this the is Home it. Depot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Like, I've got no choice now. Start working at the SPCA. They need volunteers. <laughs> they, need, they need people. I've got no choice. So, yeah, there's nothing to, I mean, whatever, man. I'm tired. But it's just a, cause I it's a long put road, man. 10 other people on there. I've almost died on the way to Halifax with Derek. So, 
fucked nothing, up. Oh, the snowstorm they were talking about last now. time? It was fucked up. Nothing you guys stopped in the middle of the road? What happened? Yeah, stop in the middle of the highway. We're like, we equated, we came up with it. Imagine driving and then somebody put a pillow in front of your face. <laughs> That's a good That's what analogy, it was like yeah. to drive in this storm. I'm, I've driven through some shit. We could not see a centimeter in front of the, the windshield. Like at one point we were following could, just red light of a yeah. truck and then that disappeared. I'm like, just did the truck fall off a bridge or whatever? And yeah. we were like 20 feet behind it. Let's see. It was just nothing. It was like you could see 10 feet and then out of nowhere you can't see an inch in front of you. Nothing. So and even, then you'll see 10 feet and then you won't see anything. So even by stopping, you could have taken the chance that another idiot behind you wouldn't was stop still, exactly. and just yeah. run into you. That's, we were just all fixed on the rear view mirror. Like, There's uh, three of us in the car and we were all Is there all lights like, coming up behind? Because uh, we didn't even know where the side of the road was. Yeah. Normally when you pull over... You know, you stop on the highway, you'll pull over to the side. Yeah. We didn't even know where the side was. We're, are we on the side already? <laughs> we don't even know. Are we still even on the road right now? How long does this last? Like 30 seconds, but it feels fucking long. Oh, no, no, no. The whole trip. That the whole trip. Yeah, it was supposed to be nine hours, 50 minutes. When we put it in the thing, it was supposed to be nine hour, nine hour 50 minutes. And that's how much I wasn't confident that we would sell ticket. You know, in retrospect, we could have flown. I could have paid for Abdul and I to fly, but I'm like, I see, maybe I'll go there and I'll lose $3,000. Yeah. So we'll drive to make sure that the expense or whatever. <clears throat> so when we left, the GPS said nine hour, 55 minutes. It took 18 hours to get there. We left at in the morning on the whatever, Wednesday. You could have went to Virginia in that time. Yeah, man. And we got there it at 6 a.m. on the fucking Friday or whatever. Thursday. Day of the show. Yeah. That day. We were, I was supposed to do, we were supposed to go to CBC in Halifax to do a show at 7, uh, to do an interview at 7 to promote that weekend of show. And it fucking took, Jeez. like I, we got there an hour before the interview and I just fell asleep. I'm like, fuck it, I'm not going to that. And then they call me at 7 a.m. Are you ready for the interview? I'm like, no, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm, and they're like, oh, we can just do it over the phone. I'm like, tabarnak de callis. I just fucking leave <laughs> a day early to get here for this shit. And you could have done it over the phone. I could have been sitting in Brassard in my underwear. Let's see. <laughs> oh, that's fucking amazing. But, yeah. It almost killed you in a storm. Mm. Yeah, which is, uh, but it's good for, uh, for comedy. Because now you go, well, if you have to do that, uh, no audience is going to scare me. <laughs> yeah, that's I, true too. If yeah. I have to do all that just to yeah. get to a show, what do you think? An, an audience member who's throwing popcorn at me is going to make me sad? No, I'm sorry. No, you you came backstage and it was the best laugh you had. Like, did you fucking see that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the funny, and we didn't. We were all looking at it. We're like, I don't know what to do right now because she kept familiar. attacking Was the comedian. Uh, no, I, I don't think you were there, but it also happened to Mike Ward. At the, the popcorn, nest? yeah, like around that time. No, around. I think it was like a year earlier. It was, yeah, it was last year when he, when uh, all that stuff was going on with his, uh, with CG the lawsuit, yeah. And someone <laughs> got up and was like, "Well, the guy's girlfriend, I think, or I, you know, his wife or something. She was upset because I think their uh, kid, the was, retard joke. He yeah, said I think retard? their kid was uh, handicapped. handicapped or something, and she got up and walked away crying." And uh, the guy got up and he was like, Mike Ward, you're an asshole. And he shot popcorn, which was the same. It, it just doesn't go anywhere. It's popcorn. <laughs> yeah. so, like, so it just like kind of floats. Throw a wiffle ball through yeah, a window. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost comforting. It's like a soft blanket if you really wanted. You know, it's not going to do anything to you. So, yeah, he got upset and then w- walked out. People. But yeah, that was the same same situation. And you can't like I do care, probably maybe a little bit more than I do, but you can't care so much. Like I've had. 
the most shocking walkout and fuck you was a, a joke about potato that I do. <laughs> and I could tell everyone, when Derek told me that, I still tell, like, when he tells me that, I tell everyone when they say what? something like, oh, you, you could offend people. I'm like, look, Derek Sege offended a guy with a joke about potatoes. Get the fuck and out of here. There's no way you can't. There's always going to be someone that's offended. How? Exactly. You can't, you can't. How is that even possible? What the, is? It's a joke about the first time Virus. I went to PEI and I was excited. And oh my God, well, fucking. So you're Googling PEI. If you Google PEI, you find potato and you find the fucking end bitch with the bonnet or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, oh, fucking, that's shit. That's a shit thing to be famous for. And I'm from Quebec. I see it's our Putin partner. So we need the potato. <laughs> That's amazing. But fuck that. If that's all you have, tabarnak, this is shit. Get me out of here. And this guy stand up. He's like, fuck this. You know how hard it is to be a potato farmer? <laughs> My father worked for 48 years as a potato farmer. <laughs> fuck you, you French cocksucker or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, mate, I thought he was kidding. And then somebody said, no, his dad was a potato farmer. He died yesterday. And we took him here to cheer him up. And next like it should have potato So it's like, I don't. I don't, I don't try to offend people, but I, you can't, you can't. Like, I have the joke about the peanut allergy. I love that joke. And it's, fuck, a, a lady who lost her daughter to a peanut allergy was at a show one time, and fuck, 10 people write to me, like, you fucking asshole, blah, on as behalf of knew. the lady, right? Yeah, as if you exactly. knew. I, as if I knew, but I, I should have known, because it was a corporate show. So, as see, if you, you know, if you have an employee that lose a kid to peanut you should know that and you should you ask for Derek Sagan to come and see google me fuck <laughs> that I have this joke like that's the name of my tour it's uh, morning may contain nuts tabarnak see use your head but 10 people write to me that threat and you're a fucking piece of shit and blah, blah, blah. and then finally the lady herself write to me very civilized Derek I know you probably didn't know but I did thing and and I'm like all the other people, I'm like, hey, was she? Don't fucking know how I didn't know that. Like, I'll take it up with her. And yeah. when she write me, very, you probably didn't know. And I was like, oh my god, Nana must see uh, you. You had the worst thing ever possible to happen to you. Happen to you. So you could like in a situation, a woman that lose her kid. If I say the word pink in the show, this is what I wrote to her. If I say the word pink in the show, and that was her favorite color, it'll affect and her, and that's make you upset. And you want to take that upset out on me? I can take it. You, you went through the worst thing that I can imagine happen to anybody in the world. So uh, uh, I'll take whatever you can. I'm sorry, so sorry that I upset you like that. Uh, is there anything I can do? And I may end up making a donation to Food Allergy Canada. And we had a long back and forth, whatever. And at the end of it, though, she was like, oh, my God, Derek, it's so cool that a grown man can admit when he was wrong. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, shit, time out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm yeah. saying I'm sorry to you that went through the worst thing ever. But I'm not saying I'm stopping the joke. It's I worked two years to make this joke as great as it is. Uh, if anything, you've made me aware that I will add to it to make sure. <laughs> I will add to make more fun of people. <laughs> no, I, I make it like as I, my, one of my defense was I think I bring awareness to the fact that it's a serious allergy. So I will make sure to s underline that. Uh, but, uh, and she was like, I will have, we'll have to agree to disagree. And I'm like, I guess so. But again, <laughs> You can hate me all you want, but maybe tell those ten other fuckface that 
they don't judge, you know, like What's cast the first stone or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, but it's it's we we've had this conversation before. It's it's generally now what happens is the people that are offended are rarely the people targeted in the joke. Yeah. It's normally everybody in the periphery. Right. right? right. Man, yeah. It's the weirdest fucking thing. I, oh god, I don't know what to, I pinched my nerve on my shoulder the other day, so it's killing me. Um it's the weirdest thing. Uh, I've been you noticing edit recently. That, out. that was shit. No one needs to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went, ow, yeah, it hurt. Uh, it, it was weirder on. Uh, <laughs> I did comedy on me. Sunday with with a sling, and uh, I was bringing people up, and and like some people came from the comedy nest last minute. Like Sugar Sammy came at the end, and they they all didn't understand if it was a joke or not, like a gimmick. Like Sammy's like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, why is he in a sling? I, Sammy I did the comedy nest. No, he he did the comedy nest. He snuck in there, and then he came to the M bar to do uh, just a couple of jokes at the no end. Shit. He's try- yeah, he's just trying some some stuff. He's wow. messed around. He was having fun, and they liked him. But he was even when I gave him the mic and stuff, it, I looked like a uh, Quasimodo. I'm holding it with one hand like this, the other hand's in a sling, and he's just staring. I was like, keep it going, Pantelas. He goes, what the fuck happened to him? Like, <laughs> like just I looked beat up. Yeah, you know? yeah. when did Pantelas get cerebral palsy? Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm better. But yeah, uh, I've noticed it's always people in the peripheries that've been getting offended recently. Like everybody it's not sits the periphery, and waits. man. I see it's the fucking core group. It's white. There. Women from 28 to 40 year old. That's see. But they're not gonna and get sometime offended. Sometimes men that are just fucking trying pussy to get, trying to get lit. Yeah. <laughs> but they're <laughs> never. Get, they're not but gonna it's get white people. But they don't get mad. Yeah. But you know they don't get mad about a joke about a white person. They're gonna get mad about a black handicap, joke. Handicap. Yeah. 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 Like why are you getting up and say, when other people who are in the joke are laughing. Why are you kind of saying no? They shouldn't be laughing. They should know that this is making yeah, fun yeah, of. That yeah, was somebody. Yeah. Some somebody in our community actually post recently. Oh no, it wasn't in our community. A comic anyway recently posted. Is it just me or uh, are there some people showing up to comedy shows just for in the hope of being offended? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of it seems that way. It's, yeah. And fuck those people. Like I wish they had something more fucked up that we could talk about. Like. Your eyes are too close together, or I don't know, fuck. But <laughs> fuck those people. But they don't always make a scene d- deliberately. If they made a scene deliberately, at least you could rip them in the show. What happens a lot is they keep it in them, and then they go on Facebook and they start ranting. I saw Derek say again last yeah, night, yeah. and he fucking hates Pakistanis. Let me tell you, he <laughs> went off on Abdul Butt, and he just wow. started like just random stuff. Part right? of that's true. Part of that. <laughs> he hates one <laughs> one Pakistani, but it, it's just absurd how they wait. Then they go online where it turns into an argument. What are you gonna do? You can get involved in that, like like an oh, idiot. Man, and it's so it, it, it's absurd what they've been doing. I recently chime in just on that. We'll get back to that too. I, I do want to get back to that, but uh, I chime in. Somebody post a thing. I fucking don't know. Somebody I, I saw it. It was an article about Justin Trudeau that uh, he said something, and look, he thinks. Uh, Christianity is a stain on, on Canada and Muslim, and he thinks everyone should be Muslim or something. So I I'm saw like, that. It was such an out-of-contact warping. I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking thing. And so some people, even a friend of ours, who will call Jessica, because that's her fucking name, is <laughs> like, Derek, you shouldn't ever post him like that. That's what they want. And I'm like, fuck us. See, I just... Because people, the, where I saw it, there was like 50 comments saying, oh my God, I can't believe our prime minister say that. I'm like, you read a headline right. and you down back in the serious. Yeah, you don't investigate you. at all. So I was posting it to say, this is not real, everybody. You can't think this is real. And I really try to avoid getting into conflicty thing on the internet. Uh, but this was just like, I'm like, I know he's not perfect, but Chris, he's never said that Christianity is uh, the worst. Yeah, it's just clickbait, basically. Yeah, yeah that's what, and it, that's yeah. what Jess was saying. Like, yeah. you shouldn't. And shouldn't I'm like, well, yeah, fuck, yeah. you shouldn't. I don't know. Anyway, I was getting. 
from all sides, like, oh, yeah, this, yes, he is. He's the worst because of this. I'm like, okay. That's nothing to do with this, though. That, well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing nowadays is uh, it's uh, getting offended is the new, like, uh, it's a, the new pat on the back, right? It's like when you're offended, you feel like you're right. Yeah. Just because you're offended. Doesn't right. mean you're right. Doesn't it's almost it like sense. it's more like the new racism though. Yeah. The, the yeah. same fucking discrimination, st- I stupid guess. group of people that yeah. were ignorant of like that would say stuff like, uh, oh, we're going to the movies on Jew Tuesdays because we're you know, they didn't yeah, even yeah. they're ignorant enough to not even realize how racist that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're the same one. They're, that's the same group, right? Like, yeah, it's like the complete right and complete left. They're both exactly the same. Is yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. Think, yeah, I've been trying to tell people that that because they think of your political views. Everybody looks at it as a line. So, oh, you're really far right. You're really far left. You're different. But it's actually a circle. And the further you go left, the further you go right, you're gonna start holding hands at some fucking point. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Oh, they're definitely holding. And hands so people that hands. get mad at Abdul or myself or even Mike Ward who say some, you know, he crossed a different line than we do. But yeah. <laughs> all three of us, and because I know Mike personal and I know Abdul. All three of us are never in the business of trying to hurt, hurt people. Hurt feelings, yeah. Right? That's the line. When you fucking say things that are mean, that's when you can get offended and you want to whatever. You know what I think it might be, too? I think it might be because like the way we do it, we know we're nice people inside and we're not mean. So we say things and we're sarcastic about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why we say it. But people, we expect people to understand our, our, our personalities and I think maybe they don't, and they just, and again, a lot of them are just showing up to be offended for no reason. So they just look for whatever, but they don't understand that we're just nice people. We're just, we're joking. But that's <laughs> the comedy in it. We're not those people, but we say things that people may say that shouldn't say it. But that's why it's funny. And we say it in the ironic way. Right, right. exactly. You're not saying it to be mean. You're saying it because you're pointing out how stupid it is. Like Abdul's joke about, uh, well, apparently, like in America, because there was the statistic there that one out of two white women... And who voted? Yeah, voted. Who for voted? Trump. Voted for Donald Trump. And he's like, well, apparently, way more women than I thought like to get grabbed by the pussy. Amazing fucking joke. It's amazing. It's great. And it's not misogynist. It's not sexist. It's fucking statistics. Yeah. That guy <laughs> said that thing, and one out of two women vote for it. That's all it is. But people will be like, how could they degrade yeah. us? But that do you know way? why? Yes. Do you know why? Because this is what bothers is that they'll hear trigger words. They're gonna hear Trump, woman, pussy. That's what they're going to hear. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I got to get offended. They said three things that I should get well, mad at. I'm going to get offended. I got into an argument with the comedy, and I told a woman after, because I was talking about kids and stuff, and she got and she talked to me after, you know, you shouldn't be so mean about uh, women who have kids. It's a joke. And I'm not about, mad about women who have kids. Just right. I ended with if you Your told me that you had. Suck or whatever, but but yeah. even after that, I said if you told me uh, during the day that you had a kid, I wouldn't have stuck around for the rest of the day. Like, I don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> so, and she was talking after, you know, it's kind of. And I go, listen, I don't know your story. I've never met you. I didn't know you were going to be at the show. It's not like I. I plan to say something that I know will hurt you. I don't know who the fuck you are. Right. I came in. I was like, I'm going to do these jokes. And you got offended. That's yeah. what happened. It, there's no way I could control that. You How know? about just not getting offended? How about just not? Well, How about just going to a comedy show and understanding that it's comedy? The it's most joke. offended I ever got somebody was at the comedy nest, but it was that. also, oddly, the most respectful they were. Because I didn't even know they walked out. I found out from Caitlin, the waitress, after. Do you have it, one of those puppies? It was a weekend at the Thanks, comedy please. nest. And I was saying, and I had a joke, uh, and it was about black guys, the joke, okay? And apparently, I didn't know, but Caitlin had to come tell me after. There was this couple. They were, uh, they were interracial. She was, she was black, and he was white. And apparently, he laughed at the joke. She didn't like that he laughed at the joke. 
they got up, told Caitlyn, we want our money back. This guy's racist, all right? Even though her boyfriend was laughing, this guy's racist. So Caitlyn said, okay, I'll give you your money back. You, you don't have to like him. And they left. They didn't make a scene. They didn't. They just got up. I didn't even notice. They had to come tell me backstage after. And then I talked to David about because I was nervous. I go, oh, fuck, David's going to get mad at me. You know, a couple walked out, said I'm racist. David's like, which joke was it? I told him the joke. He's like, no, I've heard you say that a couple times. He's like, yeah. I, he's like, that's one Fuck couple. David. He goes, like hundreds of people have seen you say that. They didn't get offended. He goes, I'm not going to scold you because one person got offended. It's not like a joke that divides the room it's and everybody. guy that's been doing comedy for 27 years. Yeah, he's Jeez. like, get the fuck out of here. He goes, <laughs> yeah. goes let you them, let them walk out. You pretty harsh for Acker to be like, hey, that's, <laughs> not, that's <laughs> not meant for my stage. But what's crazy is they, she was really pissed, I guess because he laughed. I guess because her white boyfriend laughed at it. And she's like, well, what, why is this guy laughing at you know, right. uh, a joke about uh, black guys? And But she was also at the same time, as stupid as it is, oddly respectful because she didn't make a scene. She got up quietly, asked for her money back. No, no, yeah, I didn't even know. Gets her money back, fucking walks out, leaves with her boyfriend. No problem. So there is a line where, yes, she got offended, but she was also not seeking attention. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. She said, this is not for me. I'm out of here. I still disagree with her sensibility. But uh, I will, agreed. I yeah. will, uh, I will uh, commend her on her professionalism. Self-control, yeah. Her self-control. self-control yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's people, and again, like we said, it's always people that don't need to be offended. Like last this last week when I posted on Facebook about the 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 black people pushing that float in Quebec. Did for you get a lot of backlash for that? Tons of people yeah. got yeah. Yeah. started yeah. chiming in, but I just said, well, what were they supposed to do? <laughs> Tell four black kids who volunteered to push the float they can't because they're black. Find the white <laughs> one. Right? Find a white one like, and, and ideally an Asian if you could also yeah, you to know? help And then to people help are like, you. well, no, you know what you should do is you should have more black people on the float, more black people following the float. That's racist too, well, though. Wait, what if there were no black people that wanted to be on the float or following yeah, it? Right. Why you, do you have you to You shouldn't have called it a float because you know black people can't swim. They don't <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Call it something else. It's fucking amazing. But it's always white people that are upset. It's yeah. like, wait, can you... And not one black person said that they were offended or upset about it. It's always white people that are like, ah, oh, we can't do this. this is, we need to move forward and progress. You, you know what like, I find funny on. about this whole thing? Is when they go... <laughs> we didn't think there was anything wrong. They volunteered, these students. We're like, what job do we have? We're like, we need f- slaves to push a thing. <laughs> we saw the students they sent us. We're like, yeah, that's perfect. They were made for this role, and we put them in there. <laughs> what I love is that they didn't say we thought about it, but we said we can't stop these students. That would have been a better answer. But to say we saw them, and we're like, yeah, this is perfect fit, that's what made me laugh. I yeah, was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, was the concept that it was slaves that were pushing they, the float? I thought it was a power. It was a uh, environmental Yeah, thing, it wasn't right? slaves, but it looked, the way they were dressed too, and all, it looked like that. But they knew what they were going to do. They knew these kids are going to push the people singing. But again, slavery wasn't a thing of in Quebec, Quebec anyway. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, the rest of Canada, there were slaves. But yeah. I don't think in Quebec there was. There was, yeah. there was, yeah. It wasn't at, as at mainstream. Not, point. Black and people? quite frankly, uh, yeah, black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah Quebec did it before it was cool, though. And then when it became trendy, they stopped. Why but, not, like, no, but when in 1759 or 60, when the French nobility and army left Quebec, the French people, the, we, my my ancestor, were basically slaves. Right. French. We weren't allowed to vote. We weren't allowed to own right. property. Yeah. We had to work for the 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 uh, the the property master, who were all the English. Yeah, the landlords nobility. and shit like that. Yeah. And that's and that's why eventually the f- the uprising in Quebec where we say fuck you Canada this upper lower it's all bullshit I see we don't get respect we burn the parliament in Montreal and that's why the parliament end up in uh, Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> I say we we did it. I burned 
I burned other things. <laughs> Bridges, never a parliament. Never. <laughs> but to sum up that particular thing is that uh, if the comedian is clearly not trying to be mean, he's not mean. Yeah, so yeah. fuck off. <laughs> like, uh, there's yeah, comedian that do have, there, there are comedian and actor and politician out there that have a backward sense of thing. Yeah. Abdul and I don't hate anybody when we bring up things like i i'm i'm sometimes i feel i have license because i'm on the road with my muslim friend so i will make fun of islam <laughs> a little bit but in an ironic way and yeah. saying like the same way i would make fun of uh you know like because Greeks, you're greek yeah. and you're pretty white i'd be like what the fuck is that uh for, i don't know what <laughs> what's a greek thing like a tzatziki tabarnak why do you put the cucumber i don't yeah i get yeah it's we're so <laughs> not racist you don't think that we, yeah. we can talk about the small difference between going to my house and going to his house you know without people fucking losing their goddamn mind losing their mind see we're all right. different we can't forget that we're all different it's cool that we're all different yeah and what like, a great everyone's trying to make us all the same on yeah that. yeah yeah, it's, no, it's still what I'm Quebecois. We'd be eat nothing but fucking pâté chinois and poutine. It's, no, we live in Montreal. It's great. So people that get fucking offended by things that are not meant to be offensive and is not ignorant either because neither we know the irony of the joke that we're doing. You know, like I have a joke about, uh, I forget what, I think it's about, oh, it's the, the gay football player. Right. So I prefaced the thing by saying, I'm not, li I'm not racist or misogynist or sexist or any of the ists. See, my best friend, if I could choose her, I'm so excited about, like, she would be a dwarf, lesbian, fucking black girl, but she's albino and she's hermaphrodite, so she don't even have to be lesbian. And people <laughs> are like, how can you say all those things? Or, like, say retard. Man, Chris, when I was a kid, everybody that didn't that needed special help was called retarded. Me too when I was growing up. That's what it was. That's what it was. And now because there's spectrum and fucking study, yeah. the word that I was told to say is now you're an asshole if you say it. I wouldn't go up to a kid that's, you know, struggle, autistic or whatever, and be like, hey, you fucking retard, pass <laughs> me the... No. But I'm talking in a comedy club with... You expect people that can afford a $15... Anyway, I'm getting Adults. excited and distracted and drunk, so I can't filter it all together. Into <laughs> well, but I, I know what you're saying. But I'm trying to say that Pantelis and Abdul and myself... If you're offended by what we say, you're the one that's fucking stupid. You're oh, not dude, now it's, it's it's way it's that's how I that's why nothing bothers me anymore too because it's I'm seeing I'm so not an offensive comedian. So to see people get mad if I say something is just like you're crazy. You know what bothers me about people getting mad at you when I see you on stage is because I ne you never really say any jokes that it feels okay. He's trying to piss people off. You literally say things that are happening. You talk about what's really happening. You're yeah. bringing up a real thing, and they get mad. That's what frustrates me when I see you on stage, when people get mad. It's like, but he's not making it happen. He's yeah, telling it, you it what's exists. really happening. Yeah, it, it exists, exists. And you're mad at him. Why aren't and you mad at the people? comment on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the kids thing. When people got mad at me at the fundraiser last month, uh, I talked about the kids that make iPhones, right? The, the, they got mad at me for those kids. Like, how are you offended by that? Yeah, you that all have iPhones. Yeah. You're mad at me. Stop buying the fucking phones and supporting yeah, the yeah, factories. Yeah. How are you mad at me? I didn't put those kids in the fucking oh, factories, and that's you another reason. That's another reason why I don't care anymore is because no matter what, if you're going to say, they'll say you're wrong. But if I really watch them through a fucking microscope, microscope yeah. 
I'll find 20 things that they're doing that I could say is offensive or yeah. wrong or, you know, you're hurting someone's feelings if you're saying that, right? Like, I, I had a joke. I said something about... Yeah, you downloading music for free, you <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, but I said something about... I said something about... Uh, I had a joke about sex workers, and, and someone wrote on... Uh, commented, oh, and I they remember go, that. And they go, uh, they go, yeah, that's how could you, how rude, how, like, you know, that's mean. The sex workers have it hard and all this. And they made me feel like I was bad for doing it. How I dare jumped, you, I how dare you assume you. all sex workers? And, and I was like, whoa, you're fucking digging too far into yeah. this. Like, it's just a joke. And then literally two weeks later, I saw them post a picture of them dressed, like, you know, dressed in like orange uh, jumpsuit or like construction. And one of their friends was like, uh, was like, uh, 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 are you catcalling or something like that? And they yeah, go, oh, no, the I'm not a. And then, and then they wrote, no, I'm not a construction worker. I'm not a construction worker. I'm an engineer. Assuming and I was like, that all oh, construction my God. workers. Cat-call. My father was in construction for 35 years. Right. He was. He's a respectable person. He's <laughs> never catcalled. And you're assuming that he catcalls all construction workers are terrible <laughs> human beings. So like, no matter what, man. That's why I hate when they get offended because it's like, you idiot, you're going to say something that I can easily point out and say, you're not right. No one's right. Just let fucking jokes be jokes and stop trying to argue everything. They dig sure. so... What I don't like is the And if they would digging. know Abdul well, they would know that he appreciates sex workers like nobody's business. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, why he works so hard is, to, baby. is for that money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. No, no, he doesn't. No. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't. But what's crazy is that they, they analyze jokes more than us who write them. Like, they're going to be, oh, you see, uh, Derek said that or Pantella said that. And I, what he meant by that was this, this, That's and this. That's it. It's like it's you're like digging for you're stuff that You're writing exist. more about what the joke is than I've written on the joke. I have like three words about that joke in my book to remember what the joke is. Right. But you wrote a paragraph describing what it is. How absurd is that? How absurd is that? It's absurd. That's what it is. Is that they say that I think eight year old is when people can start understanding sarcasm, and they don't. They don't get <laughs> it. So they have the IQ of a less than eight year old kid. I, I love that they'll go scary. after. They'll go after comedians for a joke, right? Because they'll, they'll take it seriously, and they'll be like, "Oh, he made a joke about women. He hates women." But they never go after actors, right? Who play roles? Like if an actor plays a pedophile. He's playing. He's getting in the skin of a pedophile, thinking like he's a pedophile. Nobody's actively. Well, they'll go after the writers, they'll but go they won't the go after directors. the actor who played yeah. the fucking pedophile. Yeah. They won't be like, because uh, his art is safe. His art is safe. Right. But for comedy, it's like, no, 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 no. You said, oh, uh, my ex girlfriend had a kid, so I didn't, you know, want to stay with my father, had a kid or whatever. You hate all women. Like that's, it's not a joke. You, you really hate women. But this guy who fucked kids on screen, he didn't really fuck right. kids. It, it's there's a weird line that we're drawing. But even those people sometimes will take shit for playing a bad character. Like, you could never get another job. Like, that guy, the, even the, the, the principal in Ferris Bueller Day Off. Oh, what happened yeah. to him? Just, he can never be cast as anybody likable ever again. He's yeah. just a fucking asshole. That's <laughs> what he is. True. The guy that played Hitler in the uh, the miniseries, the the, hit, the, the Hitler miniseries. I remember that one. Yeah, the nervous breakdown, that guy. Because he had to be this hateful person for so long that he, like... I'm a bad person. Like he, holy shit, yeah, he cracked up. That's fucked up, though. But it's all art, and the, but the the thing is, is that there's no way for us to just uh, everybody's okay, you know, like every because there are some dickhead comedian, like yeah. Bill Cosby, which is a, a, you know, and what he say always sounds so wholesome, and his yeah, show all, yeah. and then turn out 
and now he's gonna do what the this is this real? That yeah, yeah, he I wants know, to put man. up. Yeah, he yeah. wants to seminar. It sounds like a seminar on how to get away with rape. <laughs> no, he, yeah, that's almost it. He says what? So uh, you protect yourself from women claiming that you rape them or some shit like that. This is a, it, it seems like a comic book type of story. Like it seems absurd yeah. that it wouldn't be real. It seems like it exists, but I don't think he's the one that should be going on tour <laughs> telling people about this because I think he's got weight. If you have one or two maybe claims, right? Yeah, I'm sure. With the amount of people in the world, and you're a superstar celebrity, uh, maybe it could there, happen. It definitely, for sure, I I would not put it past. There's crazy people in yeah, this yeah, world, yeah, man. Shit could happen. People could wrongfully accuse you just because they're trying to sue you or get yeah. your money. But and 30 it do people, happen. But not it like, definitely happens. Yeah, for sure. Lot. But not like 50 something people. Well, I, mean, I thought it was 30. 80, 80 something. <laughs> get oh the my fuck out of here. growing. There's a counter right there. It's 89 like, now. <laughs> what, what is this guy? He's grown. Yeah, like he no, just it, walks into fucking buildings and starts touching people. Though, but you know what? Well, for me, for most of it, it was so weird when I was seeing it because I'm like, holy shit, this guy kept talking. Like he, you know, his comments, and he kept trying to tell comedians, you know, be wholesome, be civil, be careful the way you act, don't be a dick, yeah. basically. And then I'm finding yeah, out he's raping. So. I was like, holy shit, this guy yeah, was trying dude, to tell me how to know, live. You know what's crazy about that? First of all, when it first came out, this is a, uh, honestly what I thought about is like, okay, wait different time so many crazy things happened back then you know how many fucking like led zeppelin stories of like them fucking doing weird shit to chicks yeah but there's groupies and there's women and they're willing to do shit not that it's right but there's women that are willing to do shit and then they're sick enough fucking then men after, that would do it and then after the fact they're like oh i'm so ashamed of what i did yeah i'm gonna file a complaint exactly yeah. you know so it was a total different time everyone was fucking doing crazy drugs and doing all sorts of shit so I'll, I'll give them that, but I mean, as many times as it happened, it's a little ridiculous. But also, when Donald Trump came out and said the grab him by the pussy shit, how many women came out and said that he fucking assaulted them or sexually touched them in some way or did something, harassed them? And that shit lasted like three days. Yeah. And he became the president. Yeah. You know, like, and uh, as much as people like put it past, but... It, a powerful black dude, yes, yeah, going to get taken down way quicker than like a powerful white dude who did something. So I know it's, I, I don't know, man. Either way, they could both be scumbags. No one really knows the truth, right? Until, I mean, I'm sure there are some people that know the truth, but I don't know, man. There's, there's just both sides of it, right? There's always something. Some of it may be true. Some of it might not be true. Who knows? We don't know. For the and cause, trying to prove it for Cosby, it's like insane. You can't prove Because it's so long ago. Not only that, any of it. There's no footage. There's no, like, and that's what it is. It's your word against his, and he has more money, so he can hire the better lawyer. And he'll go top up his coffers with a, a tour about how to rape. <laughs> and get away it's with so it. absurd that he <laughs> announced that right after. Are you crazy? Why don't you just keep a low profile? Because he's nuts. He yeah, could have kept a low profile from the start. When it started coming out, he could have just fucking moved to an island and forget it, and everyone would have for forgot. But he was like, no, I'm going on tour. He wanted to do a comedy tour. That's what he did, and that's what made it like. That's what blew it up even more. I got in, during that time. I got into an argument on Twitter with Judd Apatow about He's, that because remember he was in Winnipeg or something. He came to Canada, and somebody had tweeted, and Judd Apatow got involved because I think one of his friends was a uh, raped victim, or victim of yeah. Bill Cosby, uh, or in general, and he he was attacking Bill Cosby. And uh, obviously, I don't support fucking raping people, but all I said was because like, oh, these people are all bad. They shouldn't go to his tour or whatever. I said, look, I'm not agreeing with Bill Cosby. However, um, if they want to pay money and go watch him or whatever the fuck, I, I'm nobody to tell them not to do it. It's none of my business. Right. It's them. 
And then fucking Judd Apatow replies to me and says something about like, uh, oh, like I'm supporting a rapist or some shit. So I'm not saying I'm with, I don't even like Bill Cosby. Like, right. it's not like he's my idol now or anything. I'm very pay, upset. You didn't pay him to rape Yeah, somebody. I didn't pay him to rape But what I'm, what, what I'm saying is comedy. if they want, if that's, if they don't believe in that or whatever that, uh, who am I to tell them, fuck you, you're an asshole. And these are old people most that are going to the shows. It's old ladies that were going. I was like, who the fuck am I to tell? That's all I said. But I hated that Judd Apatow's response right away was that kind of I support rape right. by saying that other people if they want to watch him go fucking watch him who am I to stop you like I'm the but people always jump yeah. to this people always jump it's like when I say stuff like uh, well Hillary Clinton uh, fuck I didn't like her oh so you like Trump you like Trump and he <laughs> this I, don't, I make fun of I don't like either of them they're right. both unfit to run a country but you can't say that anymore you have to be on a team I don't want to be on these teams these right. are shit teams I don't want any part of these teams you know what I mean I don't have to jump in on that wagon they, but they force you like oh you have to take either this side or this side both sides are shit. Derek, right now, both sides are shit. Yeah. I don't support any of these sides because they're both ludicrous. Which is why I don't care. Anymore. Yeah, there you go. Who cares, right? Right. Derek, Gary, you look like you want another cigarette. No, I'm going to try to hold off. I'm trying to keep everybody alive. Even you your collapsible lungs. You could eat it. The bathroom's not even that far away. That's good. So we won't have to call the podcast on account of Derek's pee. No, no. Well, I'll, That's how I'll, most of my shows end. It's like I gotta pee so bad, everybody. I will entertain him. I like that when we were on when we were on uh, Derek's tour, and he was like, "If there's ever a chance, so I could like do a, a an encore or something, maybe maybe call me back, maybe like go out and then call me back up, and I'll do an encore." <laughs> and then he killed in Sudbury, and I was standing on the side of the stage, and I'm like, "This is it. Encore, this baby. is it. Yeah, this is it." I'm going to bring, and he walked off, and I was like, Encore? And he's like, No, I got to pee. <laughs> 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 he immediately has to get off stage. And it's like, Derek, you got to, even like going to sign things or like, you know, go hang out and like meet the fans. No, then I need a cigarette. Yeah, he's like, No, no I, I need a cigarette and I got to pee. I can't. <laughs> they, they could wait. If not, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> You, you should just make the signing. You should sell CDs at the back door of the theater. Yeah, you should just yeah. have them route them to the back. <laughs> Why are you smoking? Oh, Derek's Set up smoking. a little table yeah. at the back. A little yeah, fucking, yeah, that's fucking smoking smart. zone yeah. that you can. <laughs> yeah. Your fans all smoke and drink anyways. See, you should have like a fucking bar. I knew we had you around for something. You're an idea, man. Dude, yeah, that's actually a good something idea. Something like that. That'd they're gonna feel hilarious. like they're doing something illegal, like a drug deal. Like, oh, I gotta go to the back of the place to get this sign. In North Bay, in fact, I had to say. Oh no! Okay, I'm I'm gonna go back in. Come, we'll go back in. And but no, if I had the table set up right there as they were going to their car in the yeah. parking lot, that would have been perfect. everyone would have came out and and seen Derek. How important do you think merch is nowadays for tours? Uh, how important? I mean, it depends how much you love money. <laughs> but it does uh, make a difference. Like but I, I always share a third of, and lately it's been uh, either half or all of the thing with charity. So it did, for me, it's. Uh, the f- when you attach a ch- charity to it, it makes me feel less of a fucking whore, you know, yeah. like, oh, buy my CD, because now it's buy my CD, and for the last two months, it's been buy my CD, and the money's going to go to the, the Red Cross flood relief. I've noticed so, that about you. Wh- wh- when when did you decide, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing, I-, I want to share what I'm making with certain charities. When did that just turn, and why? Like, I'd, Well... Uh, I'm. I care about people, <laughs> and uh, but for that, uh, I, you put out a CD, and then every show would be like, oh, I don't want to do that. It sound like you, know, you would, you know, buy more like, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm selling fucking pencil on the like with a tin cup. I don't know. But when I'm sharing the money, it make me not embarrassed. It make me not feel embarrassed to be at the back of the thing, being 
Me, you want to buy a CD? You want to buy a CD? Now it's you want to buy a CD because we're going to help. And over the years, I've helped mental health causes. I've helped cancer. I've helped uh, the Gord Downey Fund. I've helped uh, the flood relief most recently. The food allergy, I did that for a month. So, like, I change it all the time. But uh, And it's funny. Right now, I've just got a letter from the federal government. They're like, we need to see all these charitable donations. There's no way somebody that make <laughs> as little money as you is giving away this much money every year. And I'm like, well, I do. Yeah, the, the federal government man in their... Uh, uh, Derek's pretty crying. selfless, I think I would say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Thanks, with us. No, 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 but he's I, very, he fuck, he's always got to be like a nice, like he's just has to be nice. Yeah. Otherwise, he feels like a terrible human being in society, I guess. Well, I it should know. be noted that when we went out to Knowlton, you, know, you decided yourself, you're like, no, no, I'm paying you guys and myself, I'm going to take a pay cut. As the fucking right. man, like you didn't have to do that. You even angered us by doing that, but you didn't care. You're like, no, no, this is this is what I'm doing. I've I've made the decision, which is, um, it's a little different because like a lot of people would be like, fuck you guys. This is this is reality. This is what's happening. And yeah, then you, but don't you hate those guys? Yeah, of course. I've, I've hated those guys over yeah. the year. And uh, here's where it is. I mean, uh, thank you guys. I I, uh, I try to be nice. I try to make as many people like me as possible, and I try to make as many people happy as possible. But the, the thing is, I got into this business late in life when I was already a grown-up and I knew how hard it was to be a grown-up. So now that I make my living and the last two years have been a pretty good living, I can't even believe that I'm making the kind of money that I'm making, doing what I'm doing. Like, Abdul came with me on the road for three weeks. I am a... Like, when I'm not with my kid... Fuck, I am acting like a person who have nobody looking to them as a role model. <laughs> like, I'm on the road, drinking, smoking, whatever, and telling dick jokes. And they give me money enough to pay for my children's education and my house. I'm so lucky. So if I can't be nice to my friend and, and people that aren't as lucky as me, then what the fucking asshole am I, right? So... Uh, so again, but there's not a lot of people like that. Yeah, which is sad. in this business, which especially. There's totally not a lot of people like that. I mean, I've hung out with uh, people that are doing so much better. Not to say that you're not doing great. Derek's killing it right now. But yeah. you know, so you know, people that you would expect to be way more generous uh, because they're doing like super good, and they're not. You know, at all. And Derek's like the type of guy that if he has 50 bucks in his pocket, he'll give you 25. You know, like that's Derek. He'll give you, you know, he's not, he's not shy to. Man, you guys. Well, you know what? Derek's a bit of an asshole in other places, (laughs) but uh, he he wants to kill the tab every once in a while. So uh, he also has a lighter that's sitting there that says kills, kills bugs. So (laughs) he doesn't like the insect community a lot. Dr. Doom. There's always, you know, when there's good, there's always bad. (laughs) (laughs) he's he's, this fucking (laughs) demons in his closet (laughs) thanks guys you're making me very uh, emotional here no Uh, no but it it, it is important to note this kind of stuff because I I deal with a lot of comics you know we all deal with different guys especially at the the clubs I'm just trying (laughs) 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 at the clubs you get hoping not to have to share a room on the next (laughs) next hey man can we afford a second room (laughs) Uh, but you notice I meet a lot of people uh, obviously most of my circle now is comedians but even outside of that producers different stuff and i i notice how many people uh, i expect them to react the way i would react in that situation right but they're not there's like so much cunt cuntiness in it right and i'm like fuck these people i don't know how they 
live inside. They just hate people. They don't want to look up. They'll fuck you every chance they get. You know yeah. what I mean? And then they, they're surprised when people don't want to do business with them, right? And that's why even there's a lot of comedy club owners that I've met throughout this fucking continent of ours that are just garbage. But then you meet certain ones, like example here, uh, David, that are just, you're like, how does he exist? It's amazing. Like this, you know, yeah. uh, the way he deals with you, the way he'll help you out, the way he'll do politeness not being a cunt when you're just but it's rare it's not the common i look at the common and the common is fuck assholes that so you and appreciate that may be the good. part of what uh, has motivated me to be the way i am is that when i was starting out especially when you start i was 31 when i start people are probably just treated like oh, it's a hobby we yeah. don't need to treat this guy good it's gonna whatever but there was a few people joey elias being one of them david acker being another one that treat me good right off the bat. Yeah. On the one side, because I was the same age as them, even though they'd been out at 10 years, and uh, Steve Patterson also. Just really nice right away. And then when you see really nice, when they're not, when they're like opportunist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like there was a, a guy that I helped come into the, the English community of comedy uh-huh. and turn out he's a fucking asshole he is yeah. like self-involved and you notice that you're like Arch, Arch. so p- part of the motivation for being nice to other comic and just people in general come from noticing how Arch how it shitty is. people can be yeah. yeah and i never want to forget how and how lucky I am that I make a fuck. I make my, I, I pay my mortgage and support my children with this fucking stupid shit that I get to say. It could, if I can't, if I can't be generous, that guy that's got a fucking whatever defuse bombs, kiss, you know. What's like, he gonna do? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, sh- so, just but I do have my faults, everybody. I'm cracking my fifth beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking three o'clock on a, on a Friday. <laughs> he, he's already gambled on the horses on the side. He's just, he's already, <laughs> you, you know, you know, what's nuts about what you just said is that that gen- like Joey, Joey Lies has always been good to me. Same thing. Uh, David Pride is one of the best fucking people to work. You already know this. And, I, what just came in my head, an image, I'm just thinking about the Montreal scene now because, you know, we're part of that. The next generation coming up is going to be so different because the majority of the comedians that I see now at open mics and the guys that are coming, the majority, not all of them, some good, good eggs. The majority, though, are just garbage people. And a lot of them are kind of like an offended audience member right. going up on stage. It's like they put a, a, an audience member, put a yeah. mirror on stage and then went up, right? And they'll even get mad at a comedian for a joke, things like that. Like I've been noticing the past like couple of weeks. Like they learn from Ugh. the wrong side of exactly. the business. They're it, learning from the whole thing. Because a lot of them, when they're not great comic, they have to produce their own show. So they're exactly. learning from the producer side of thing. And the typical comedy producer, comedy club owner, they're not fucking model people. No. So they're learning from all this shit and taking personality trait from them it's and it's not looking good and and there's been cases recently where good comedians on the scene that are trying to make it you know young ones that are actually good writers and they're trying their best get bullied or get harassed by some of the ones that are not good at all at all and it it, what's what's gonna happen is if this continues a lot of good comics that have a voice and have something to say about society get to say will never get to say because they won't want to go up on stage people but yeah i don't know if that's a local thing or if that's happening everywhere is that it does happen well it happens everywhere ontario and vancouver are the other two big hub of comedy and you see some fucking great comic who 
Because let's be honest, there was a time that comic were very socially awkward. And yeah. Right. You confront them on anything, and they'd be like, oh. Yeah. And the only time that like Jeff McHenry is a great example. Okay. Jeff, do you know Jeff? I don't think I've met he's him. He's a but good I friend of mine, yeah. and he's a fucking amazing comic. He's like the the modern day Derek Edward in terms of his act, but socially speaking, you have you have you have issue, you have things. Uh, so like you some girl especially because you have a girl thing too you have a girl issue he's intimidate and whatever so some girl comic with any kind of machismo which is the wrong word but whatever go and like you're fucking you should never say that first Jeff will never go to that room again he will never play that room again he sees that woman he will run away and never and this is a great fucking comic so people that their skill is having a, a, a strong personality that right. can that can do bully will bully him out of there when when they're and when they would be the first person to be offended at any bullying kind of behavior you don't realize that you just yeah, talk you to just him based on bully. seven minute of joke that he did yeah. and you're gonna fucking tell him did this 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 and this is what you did wrong that guy is gonna be scarred for life for what you just said you don't you can't assume to know what the but, person is inside them from seven minutes of joke, yeah. you know? And again, that's the don't give a shit attitude that I fucking advocate to everyone. Don't, because that happened to me when I first started. I was like a year and a half in, I'd say, and I did a joke. I was like on a radio show. They asked me some panel, and then they asked a question about, there was a girl who was like, you know, one of those feminists who was like just angry about everything. They asked me a thing. They, they were, the question was revolved around like women and care and like men maternity leave, basically. Whatever I said, I was it wasn't even mad. I was just like, obviously, women are better prepared to take care of kids than guys are. That's why I think they get more time off is because their their body nurtured a child. Their That's body why they is. Have- they L- are less hair on their nipples, <laughs> <laughs> and yo, she freaked out. But I, anyways, I wrote a bit about it, and. I did it at, uh, at a <coughs> mic, and it worked. And immediately after, a comic, who Derek mentioned earlier, who was upset about, came up to me and was like, and again, we were both started at the same time, so not any like more educated than I am in comedy, came up to me and was like, you can't do jokes like that. You can't talk about, you think it's, of course it works, we're in a comedy club. This is like a haven for, for hatefulness. And people is that what don't. a comedy club is, a haven for hatefulness? Well, yeah, because they think the small rooms are where they can be uh, uh, inclusive when nope. actually they're being exclusive because they're just, they want to be able to talk to their own people, exactly. but everyone else they don't let in. So as opposed to a comedy club, they'll let you say whatever you want to say. It's up to you to make that crowd laugh. Yep. Uh, so it's a complete opposite. That's a great point. That is our job. Yeah. Is to make those people laugh. Right. It's not like, about... Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Like people that complain that, oh, that audience was shit or whatever. Maybe they weren't as great as the last audience or as easy to get, but our job, and it's we good. are paid money to, yeah. to make those people laugh. That's our job. Uh, so if, you know, like if I see people get offended, I will try to turn another thing. Some people you can't win back. No. But... Uh, that's our job. That's our job. Like, if your yeah. job is to fucking put the bouchon on these Heineken bottle, 
which this podcast is now brought to you by Hanukkah. Definitely <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> and Zmogi King size. <laughs> <laughs> we get Derek a beer and cigarette deal. See, this podcast. It's illegal to advertise for tobacco product, but they're not paying us, so it's Zmogi King size. <laughs> Try their new filter with the little hole in it. It's very exciting. <laughs> but that's our job, see, is to make those people laugh. And that was something when I was just starting. I think uh, Jerry a Seinfeld comedian came out in 2007, eight, yeah. and I started in 2005 or four. That oh, stuck with me. Either. That's our job. You can't complain like Orny Adam in the thing was like, oh, that audience was shit. Yeah, I remember that. You can't just chalk it up to that. Like, that audience was shit. What if tomorrow's audience is the same? Or worse. Or worse. Yeah, you, your job is to make those people laugh that pay anywhere from five to $500 to see you. Yeah. You're, it's to make them laugh. So those comedians that can't switch gear or that change, uh, well, they don't like that, let's go here. Bang, you're the one that's failing at your job. It's not the people that paid the money for the service. Yeah. They're not failing. They fucking yeah. paid the money. That's yeah. their job. Pay yeah, the provide money. Provide them the service that they paid for. And then when you do a show that the, that people, that group of people, no matter how shit they are, it could be a fucking bunch of KKK fuckface. If those, if you fail to make them laugh, they may not come back to see another comedy show ever, and you're fucking us all. Oh man, I wish I could have them. a whole KKK fan base. That'd be great. Yeah, I bet you um, <laughs> that would be great. I wonder if they come out to shows <laughs> dressed <laughs> up, They'd start their own little fan club, the KKK <laughs> for Islam. <laughs> did you see? I post an article. Did you see that in certain places they're trying KK to like Kaffer. They were calling it the Cool Kids Club, and they were trying to like re uh, uh, change their image. To bring in younger uh, members, the Cool Kids Club, written with K's. Oh, really? You didn't no, see that? I, I was that. dying a lot. <laughs> cool Kids. Well, I club. wish them well. They yeah, go fuck themselves. <laughs> they go fuck themselves. Uh, but yeah, I guess all that to say is, if I would have let that person tell me, no, 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 you can't do this, which I did at the moment, I felt like horrible. I was like, no, 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 no. I'll tell you after. Okay. But uh, but if I, I had if them. you know if that person made me feel the way that, like the the way they did they did made me make me feel and I, for months I was like am I doing the right thing am I saying and then it takes a while like the thing with comedy and the thing that keeps me going now is when I watch things and you know older comedians like especially in the states it's like comedy is raw and it's real and you're supposed to say what you feel yeah. and that to me I've always felt is what comedy is yeah. Uh, you just you have to you have to you have to fuck I don't mean it's France who the fuck does she think she is <laughs> I was uh, but yeah dude it was like and just chewed me the fuck out and then you know what was hilarious is another uh, fucking Robbie Robbie Hoffman who's a fucking feminist fucking lesbian comic was like that's hilarious thank you for saying that because that is how they are they're fucking always yelling at everybody telling them and it was like, so you're going to get both views. But if I, I, at, for, I swear to you, for like a month or so, I was like, fuck, what do I talk about? Am I allowed to say things? Or did I get, I was so new. But now I, I've gotten to the point, of course, where I don't give a shit. But like you said, there's newer comics on the scene that are now, I feel like I, when I started, that this stuff was just starting to happen. Now it's at a point where if you're a new comic getting into it, you can't even say something because yeah. you're afraid if I say that. Is it, it's not even about, is it funny? It's, am I going to hurt somebody? It's weird because then... It's not even about trying to be funny anymore. You're stunting their growth. Because right. if you bully them early enough, you've just fucked up their comedy. Uh, I remember getting bullied backstage. And you, know, the com, uh, you know the comedian who did it. Uh, when I was first building on the Milton joke, mm -hmm. right? 
uh, and he says uh, you're homophobic, and this comes off as homophobic. And I was like, fuck, how does it come off as homophobic? Because the guy goes to jail and he gets fucked. For no, no, because because he's yeah, exactly. He's willing to fuck. For exactly, him. but he's wi- like, I go, what are you? And he's like, no, it's homophobic. And this comedian, uh, I'll tell you who it is. Girl or boy? Girl. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, sorry, a uh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. like so podcast uh, and, 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 I was yeah. trying to figure out who we're talking about. So and he was uh, giving me shit, and at the time because he, he was doing it for a while. No, exactly. <laughs> he was doing it for a while, and I was like, maybe he knows what he's talking. And I was like, am I hurting people? And then I remember uh, a, a gay uh, comic on the scene. I was like, is this? Off-? He's like, what are you? Ta- how is this offensive? Who told you that this is homophobic? I told him, I like, but he's not even gay. Why is he the that? What is, you're not making fun of gays? You know, it's basically your yeah. friend having trouble coming out of the closet. That's like the main. Uh, part of the joke and then you're kind of making it like dude like there's nobody's forcing you to do any of this you're clearly gay like that's the whole joke right yeah. if you if you break it down but they made me i remember i was second guessing myself because i'm like oh my god am i just offending people am i like this and that and because uh, this guy should have known what he was talking about but um but no he was just being an asshole now i realize it just didn't like the fact that i was able to get laughs off a subject matter that he can't get laughs off i noticed this after because he tried to be edgy and uh, he was taking it out on me, and he would take it out on other comedians too. If he'd see you do, hey, do a joke, one comedian in Montreal, according to the uh, Montreal Mirror. Yeah, but guys, see every comic that has made us feel, or who's fucking made someone feel. If you won't notice the pattern, none of them are actual real comedians. It, that's what I noticed too. Is the ones that are talking shit, right? I'm like, have you? They're like, not really doing anything yeah. in the scene. They're not really working comics. They're not really doing it. So to call them comedians, so to even give them the time of day is worthless. And but when you're a new comic, you don't understand that. You don't get it because you're like, oh my, because you're so it's so vul- you're so vulnerable, man. You're yeah. going up on in front of tons of people. You're naked. You don't know any of them. You already are shy. Now you don't know any of the comics, so you already feel like you're being judged by them, also, which everyone is. Yeah. So. Which yeah, your fir- and your fir- first few time. You don't know who's been, who's the star, or who's because it's right. Canadian show business. So yeah. you're so you're really <laughs> this guy like, could be the fucking yeah exactly the new Sugar Sammy yeah. or Russell Peters or whatever. Yeah, so it's know. like you're really putting yourself out there, and to just be shot down immediately, it hurts people a lot. So I think the yeah, just don't give a shit, no matter how many years you're in. Well, and I, I'm gonna clarify abdul saying just don't give a shit we all give a shit well you we have to care. care but i mean don't but care he, about the stupid don't let it affect your right. future Ex- behavior yeah right. don't is the thing it's like oh fuck man this really bothers me but i'm not gonna that's not gonna change the way i tell yeah. this joke again it's super hard to do though yeah. of course because everyone has feelings and you don't want to and hurt. if you don't have feeling you're not going to be a good comic yeah, and that's probably what their problem is in the first place yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like we said, if you do it early enough to a comedian, you bully him early enough, you're stunting their growth. Yeah. And I that's what's so. going to happen to a lot of good young comics. There's a couple now on the scene that are the good, and they're, they're coming up. There's like two, three that I, I got to show you guys. Like, they're actually like, oh, fuck, they're young, but it's like, if they continue, they're going to be good. They don't care. And they're not trying to be edgy. They're just really fine. They're good writers. What do you guys think of Emily Bilton? Because I'm too drunk now to even care about protecting people's Who, names. Who's Emily Bilton? Emily Bilton? You've seen them. Yeah, Remember I like at the pod show? Yeah. I think she's really I funny. Like she's from Montreal? And then there's another guy, like there's a guy that we all three of us know very well, that when he first started in his first year, I was like, oh, fuck, that guy's got some shit. And I would bring him on the road with me and give him opportunity. One time I got too drunk and he drove me home. <laughs> <coughs> and so Angela remember him for that. He walked me in the house like, mm, I'm going to give him to you and I'll take a taxi <laughs> home. And I'm like, wow, fuck, this guy's a hero. And then he got involved in running a comedy club. 
and then everyone's saying that he's not he he struggled on stage he apparently had a terrible just for laugh audition where he choked he like mm, I don't even remember my act fuck I remember like, who this is I know him for sure exactly who he's talking about oh yeah 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 where when in his first year I was like oh Taban, this guy's got a great point of view yeah I think uh, I like him a lot he has a good I voice think, yeah, uh, a- I think uh, trying to run a comedy club definitely in this uh, city will fuck you didn't uh, help him at all fuck you up yeah. yeah just that one this one like again but back to overflowing and I'm I've got I've got enough experience now that I'm not gonna ruin my career with one show but that night I had a fan today write to me like I saw you that night. I tried to talk to you. You wouldn't even talk. Normally, I'll talk to everybody. Yeah. Especially Super as an alcoholic. Stressed, yeah. When somebody come up to you enthusiastic, they're probably going to buy you a drink, right? So yeah. like, Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but producing comedy can make take the funny, right? The fuck out of you. Yeah, it's a different... Uh, you got. You have to have it. I, don't, I would never... I hate it. I don't like it at all. I think you either have one or the other. Some people have both. I mean, like David Acker could definitely yeah. be... Oh, yeah. Given that he, I don't know how the he could go up on stage the same night. It. He's there. He's managing. He's like, oh, give me, give me five minutes, guys. It. It's insane because he's yeah, super. You know, like you said, he could just go right up like nothing, like nothing. Do his do yeah. an act where he's he's fucking doing magic tricks on top of jokes with audience members. Yeah. Okay, not that he was pr- he was just talking. You have a normal conversation. Goes up, does magic tricks for ten minutes. But comes uh, off and continues running a fucking business. Yeah, it's that's, a rare case. Yeah, it's very rare. You need, but then, he does a lot of the work beforehand too, and right. And, yeah. But he knows I mean, how I, he's organized. He knows how yeah. to run things. I don't know. I, I think you need it, it's two different muscles. Some people have both, but uh, and that's the other thing too that hurts comedy is that a lot of people there's some com- there's some comics that you see that do comedy that you're like and produce shows and you're like you're probably better producing shows than you are at comedy. Yeah. And there's other people but who are then, like, you're probably better at comedy than But at the shows. same time, they're probably producing shows to create stage time for themselves. Yeah, right, exactly. There's guys that have, like, the, I know a guy that opened a comedy club, and then as you watch the comedy club run, it's like, oh, fuck, you opened this comedy club just to give yourself right. stage time. Yeah. And then he emceed, like, seven, sh- seven weekend out of eight, and within 25 weeks, it was... Nobody came anymore. I was like, I see we're going to see the same show every time. Yeah, yeah. which is terrible. Fuck it, we're not gonna which come. is why those people are good at producing shows, but don't get on stage. Yeah, don't get... You You got to draw the line at some point. You. What are you? You know what I mean? I Paul like Ronka. The... Paul Ronka was a good example. Oh, yeah? He tried to be a comic. Okay. And he's like, oh, it's going okay. But then he opened the comedy zone. And oh. then he was like, took himself I off know all this. the thing. And the comedy zone tried for four or five years. Really? When now, was the comedy zone day, around? Uh, 2000, so when I start 2000, probably 2000, I started in 2003, four, wow. and it was already there, but it was a comedy nest. So Ernie Butler <laughs> left a wake of comedy club in his, in his Yeah, past. I never got the full story, but I'm Jimbo's sure it's Jimbo's was the first comedy nest. Okay. Where it is now, and where then, the comedy works yeah, now, that was the first they nest. they had a fallout, so that became comedy works and comedy nest left, and I think it went to a Chinese restaurant. And then it went to an Italian restaurant. And then a few locations later, it became the Comedy Nest in the uh, Novo Hotel right. on René Lévesque. Uh-huh. And then Which is and I think the corner, right? Paul Ronca worked for Ernie Butler there. And then some became a partner. And then they had a falling out and Ernie fuck off again. And so Paul and his partner, Alain, at the time, said, hey, we're going to continue being a comedy club, even though Ernie does left. 
So that became Comedy Zone. So now you got Comedy Works, Comedy Zone. Both were originally Comedy Nest. And then Comedy Nest left again, and I think it went to uh, Winnie's or... Karina's on top, where Karina's is now, right, some, right on top. Yeah. yeah, he did a few locations and then planted himself in the forum, <coughs> which is when I started. The, the, the Comedy Nest was in the, where the bowling alley are now in the forum. Yeah. That was the first comedy nest, and the comedy zone and comedy work both exist, and they were all Jesus, like, three you clubs. couldn't, yeah. When I started, there was this three club, and I was just learning, and you, I learned that you can't play the comedy zone if you play the comedy nest and the comedy works and the, blah, blah, blah. but he hated the comedy zone more than he hated the comedy works. So you could <laughs> do like middle there, but you can't. Anyway, I was just starting, so nobody yeah. give a shit, and then, um, uh, so all those were, and then the comedy zone. You know, coming three comedy English comedy club in a French city, they're not all gonna last forever. Yeah. So the comedy zone, I think the the lease something with the hotel fucked the lease made it double, and they were like, "Fuck it, it's not worth it," because there's not a lot of money to be made. So the already these questionable morality people. Yeah. Continue doing comedy club. If they do, it's because they're stealing from somebody. Paul's a good guy. He's a decent guy, but he had stopped doing comedy. He started as a comic and just wanted to keep that stage alive yeah so get involved in the business side and he stopped doing comedy he's like i i can't do both i can't run a, a stage and be a comic at the same time so by the time i started in 2004 he had already pulled himself off stage but it's good that you have a few year experience if somebody cancel or miss a flight you or on. you could jump on and fill the job of the mc for yeah. the weekend or for the night if the the guy's plane's late and now Paul, t now fifteen years later, is still in comedy. Yeah. What does he do? He's he worked at just for laughs. He's uh, oh, you he's, see, okay, so he continued. He went up. He did the yeah. club thing, and then went just for laughs. He takes care of the whole film festival at uh, just for laughs and that. Okay, yeah. so you see, that I like that. That he made the proper moves. He gets experience on this level, goes on, and that's what he. he and found again, that it's he was that good. thing that he's a sweet guy, not a fuck you, everybody. I'll kill my mother for fucking ten dollar comedy kind of bitch face it's probably why he went further and further and people like him he's still in it and people still like him and he can still make a living in comedy even though at one point he said i guess i could make more money judging comedy than i can making it and which i don't know i never saw paul do other than mc one show because again because uh, uh uh mc couldn't make it he may have been great. I don't know. Hey, Paul. Really, <laughs> really love doing just for last. <laughs> but see, that's crazy. The time, how how different that was. When I started, the Comedy Nest was barely alive, and there was just the Comedy Works. There was only there was literally only yeah, one. Yeah, there was a few a, years there that a club. the Comedy Nest was the, the... Works was doing well, and the Nest was barely the alive. Nest was, well, cause when was this? When I started, Ernie had just died. Okay. So his kids took it over, and... Uh, they had their own thing, so they yeah. didn't, you know, put as much effort, or you know, they couldn't. They didn't know they how couldn't, to do it. Yeah, they, they inherited couldn't. it. Yeah. Imagine you in in uh, your Greek, a, you inherit a, a, a goat farm. Factory. Oh God, a goat those farm. goats are fucked. You love goats, but you, you know, <laughs> delicious goats. I don't know how to. Feed Would you them. know how to farm a goat? No, exactly. So Ernie's kid inherited yeah. this comedy club that he had been running for thirty-four years. They didn't. He didn't necessarily. Yeah. That wasn't the campfire story that he was saying. Okay, you got to provide cocaine to this one. You got to provide. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. He didn't. That wasn't the yeah. story that they got at bedtime. So he's like, "Oh, we own a comedy club. Dad did it, so we could for sure do it." And yeah, and I feel like that's. Uh, I think ever since then, it just felt like Montreal comedy scene is just kind of 
I mean, uh, the nest is killing it right now, but it just seems like it always never was. The nest, I think, is, and I've done, many, I've not played in the state very much, but I played a few. Uh, I think the nest is one of the top ten or fifteen comedy club in North America. It for is. everything, from our standpoint, right. yeah, from yeah, yeah. from a comedian standpoint, for the audience, I can't say. Yeah. But I know that they really try to make everybody's experience great. Definitely. But from a comedian standpoint, like, do you have everything you need? Is there enough towel in your room? Are you hungry? Do you want a drink? Like, there's some club in Canada where it's like you show up and they're like, ah, oh, fuck the comedian. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, do you not understand this that guy who's every dollar that gets in. spent in here? If I say right now, fuck you, there's you don't make any money. Yeah, I could fuck you over. Like it's it's Thursday night, seven fifty nine, and I say, j'aime pas ton attitude, and I leave. You have no show, so you just lose. Nobody get it. Nobody seem to get it. Like yeah. we're second class citizen, like tossed away. There's club that will. You have a green you, room that's one boot at the back of the of the club. Yeah. And if they they sell too many tickets, like, hey, can you stand in the parking lot? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because we, do you need, think we need this that? table for. Do you think it's comics doing it to themselves? Just money. Some comics are cunts. Yeah. But no, else. but do you think? Uh, do you think uh, like because comics don't have a backbone, is to step up and just kind of. You know, like, because, look, there's clubs that'll pay less, right? Because, yeah. you know, there's fucking other guys out there that'll do it for less. And then eventually they close. They do. But why does it get to that point? I think, That's listen, what I don't it's, it's a nightlife thing. It's a nightclub situation. It doesn't attract the fucking most moral But there's an audience. Savvy. People, oh, okay, you're saying the business But well, look at the biggest comedy club chain in the country. Yeah. Right? There's an audience. They built the audience. They right. built a reputation. They have a brand recognition. Right. But as time got tougher, they weren't willing to adapt and change, make it yeah. better, make everybody feel good, make the comics feel good, make the, the audience feel good. I only good. hear horror stories. It was just but like, I don't understand why. That's what I like. It's again, it's like you're saying if you nurture something, it will fucking thrive, right? If you, t if you put the effort into the show, it'll fucking work. But if when you got into the business in like 1980, it was easy. You, the nurturing required then was put a sign and a, a, a hot chick that will take your money. Yeah, yeah. That was the extent of the nurturing you need to make $5,000 right. a night. But what, why isn't there it's any... Hard, like if, if you were to, you know, like you get home to your wife and you just give her a wink and she's sucking your dick like a <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Five years later, you get home and you have to give her a flower and make her dinner and rub her feet and shave down yeah, her bunions. It's a lot to, it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to, for less, a less enthusiastic blowjob. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. Know? It's like, why, why, how did I get tricked into this? Uh, that's great. So, but I mean, it is nightclub stuff. So it's don't attract the fucking, the most business savvy or moral or. Yeah. Why did it happen? I have to piss so bad. Go, we take go piss, go, go. Abdul, tell him all about the uh, fucking uh, flying elbow drop that Raj took. Oh, right. No. <laughs> it's nothing interesting. <laughs> it's nothing just interesting. a wild night in PEI, that's all. Yeah, just, uh, you got a hammer to start elbow dropping We people? just had a... Uh, no, we just partied in PEI. And uh, uh, Roger, who is actually Robert, who uh, was uh, Derek's tour manager, we just somehow... Derek's best friend came on the road with us, and he's got any he films, right? So he came to help us film some of it, and... Uh, he's a uh, great dude, hilarious, but he's bad with names. So okay. he just kept calling Robert Roger. 
Anyways, we got drunk at PEI, and uh, Chad, who's Derek's friend, kept... Uh, Calling him the wrong name. Calling him the wrong name, and then he got hammered, and he, he gave him an elbow drop in the, in the hotel. <laughs> we just think it was, a, it was wild. It was a good time. That's, was, that's what life on the road is with Derek. It's, it's always a blast. It's always just uh, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. I, I like the story that he was talking about the comedy zone and the works because I don't I never knew the full details because I think when I started I know that when I started I, I first went on stage at the Nest and it right. was at the AMC it was 2012 so I think well who owned David, it David I think was 2012? it 2012 it might have been a probably th- David it was because da- because you know who I remember seeing uh, I remember seeing a guy on stage a guy with a white mustache I had seen him on TV also. Um, I thought he owned the club. I don't know. He was it was there. probably David at that time. Because when I first got the first time I ever went on stage, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was in 2007 or 2008. And then I didn't do it for... Uh, I did it like maybe three times in that year. And again, because everything was going down, it was uh, the works was only happening. And forget it, the works was impossible to get on an open mic because Jimbo fucking judged you. Which is great because it made you work harder, but I, um, yeah. So I there was like a couple of years where I didn't do it, and I just started doing like YouTube videos and stuff because that's what was easier for me to get in front of people because there was no clubs that were having any open mics except for the works. But it was so hard to get in front of Jimbo and let him. It, it was hard to get on the open mics, or was it hard for Jimbo to come watch? No, hard to get on the open mics. There was really? only one. There was only the works. The nest was like failing. There was like every night was canceled. Every open mic was oh, like I would shit. show up. I would drive down to the nest. I would have a spot. I was given a spot when I called, and then I'd come down and I'd pull the handle, and the door was locked because they just didn't get enough reserved tickets for the open mic, so they just didn't even bother to show up to open the door. So there was the nest was completely dead. It was just it would there was nothing good about it, and then the works was impossible to get in front. Like Jimbo, I'd go to every open mic and just hang out. And watch. Do and you guys know that I never out. headlined the, the works? Never. Yeah. No. Well, I don't. Because Jimbo said Jimbo said I wasn't I wasn't comedy works material material. Well, really? dude, that's Jimbo. That was the and he made everyone fucking and then he tough even shit for it. He even and God bless him, Jimbo. If you're listening, I'm, I doubt you're listening. He's not he listening. Doesn't know Unless how, this is on some sort of short know, wave yeah. radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've got this podcast on VHS. Yeah. Then maybe he's still uh, renting it. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he t- he said to me that I can't headline, and then I was like, well, I'm, "So I'm still working for twenty five dollar." Because the only reason to play the works is to play it, like, right? Play full weekend or yeah. headline. It was and, like a uh, fucking thing you chalked on your. So then at one point I sat him down. I'm like, Jimbo, I've been crushing whatever, and he's like, No, no. Like six months ago, you MC, then you offended some 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 clients, and it was a client that was taking a phone call in the front row. That I ripped him a new one, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, we don't do that here at the Comedy Works." <laughs> what, do you, like, wait, wait, what don't we so, do at the Comedy Works? <laughs> talk to people who are fucking on the phone actively as when you're the on MC stage? saying, "Get the fuck off the phone!" and bringing up yeah. the headliner. Get, and uh, he was like, "No, so you're not." You, and then I was like, "Well, that's fucking wrong." So I'm not, I'm not playing this place for twenty five dollar anymore. The only reason I was doing the middle spot or the MC was so that you would eventually book me as a headliner, like everybody else in the fucking country has done already. <coughs> and so uh, I was like, so I stopped playing there. I still go. Like, even if I'm working at the Nest, do the shows at the Nest, go to the works to hang out. To hang out. Yeah. Then in 2000, I think uh, 2012, um, 
I get the just for laugh. I'm doing just for laugh. I'm doing a TV set or whatever, just for laugh, and a couple other thing. And uh, then Zoe's like, oh, she, you know, as Zoe and Robbie as they're putting together the line, I'm like, oh, the Sunday, uh, we had the best of the fest because they used to run best of the fest at the comedy work. So the the best of the fest. Oh, the Sunday. Oh shit, everyone's leaving town. Oh, we'll get a local MC. So Zoe had me to host the best of the fest show at the Comedy Works on the Sunday. Awesome. Jimbo get the the lineup and he's like Derek singing. Jimbo to the point how mad he was that I said fuck you I'm not playing here anymore. He said nah. He called just for a laugh and said uh, no Derek singing is the MC. Derek singing is not really good to MC at the Comedy Nest. And then just for laugh get in touch with me at uh, the Comedy Works yeah. yeah. So just for a laugh, get in touch with me. Like, what the fuck? What is this? I'm like, well, I said I wasn't, whatever. It's a, it's a personal I don't, I don't get it either. He, d- he doesn't like me. I don't know what it is. And she's like, well, I can take care of it. I can just say too bad. That's what's on the stage. And I'm like, no, it's not worth it. You know, put me on first or second, whatever. I'll, that way I can just get drunk for the rest of the show. That's amazing. But that's how much he felt that he don't want me to do the thing. He, that he was during Just for Laugh where... Who, yeah. what, what venue give a shit on what? But they, just yeah, for last putting it on, it's gonna be great, you know. But he's he just a hard headed to, to phone them and say, "Oh, Derek saying AMC, yeah. I don't know about that." But I think we all loved him for it for being that fucking tough on everyone because it made us all stronger. Yeah, and he. I remember doing an open. I say I was just trying to get opening spots on the weekends, and I, fuck, I was doing open mics all the time, and I was doing great. And Sheila loved me, and fucking Steven was like, I'm putting you on last because he needs to see you. Oh. You've been doing great every time you're on the open mic when he needs to see you. He puts me last, and I go up, and I had a fucking wicked set. I was so happy with it. And I just walked off, and as I walked to the booth, Steven and Sheila were both there and like, you should go talk to him. He saw your set. This is the perfect opportunity. And I went to go see him. And uh, he was in the hallway in the back, and uh, and I was like... Uh, Changing a keg or whatever. Yeah, he was in that, <laughs> yeah. that little closet there, yeah. ruffling around. And I was like, hey, Jimbo, I'm like, you see my set? And he was like, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, so what do you think? You think I could maybe get an opening spot sometime on a weekend? And he goes, well, I don't think you're ready yet. I was like, what? And I was like, but I, I you, did you watch? And he goes, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, but you didn't think I did good? And he goes, no, I don't think you're right. And I'm like, but the audience loved it. And he goes, I don't go by the audience. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. How does that make sense? What do you go by? Right. And it was just, that's just Jimbo. But you know what it was is that at the time I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't go fuck you. He's the only guy. It's the only game in town. All it made me do was go, fuck, I'm going to impress. I'm going to fucking, I don't know how, but I'm going to figure out how to fucking impress this guy. Uh, I grab, just missed grab that. the mic at the grocery store while he's doing grocery. <laughs> like, hey, shoppers, you, you heard the one about the Muslim and the priest that were <laughs> uh, just do time everywhere he goes. But no, I uh, and I think as as hard as he was, and as much as a lot of times it didn't make sense, it still somehow made everyone work their asses off to be better. And when I know that, as soon as he dropped the club and it went change hands, that's I feel that fucking put a dent in this whole comedy community in Montreal yeah. because. I was in Halifax, and when I came back, it was like the fucking club. The, everyone was working. Was like, I don't even know who who the fuck are yeah, you? Open micers. What are you like five months in, and you're doing a fucking weekend? What's going on here? Yeah. It was like it was it was like a bizarre world because yeah. 
it was the, the complete club, opposite before. Right. It was a club where like everybody who's working there has been there for fucking ever because it took them forever to get into work there. And then now it was like everyone who was there was no longer allowed to work there or like they didn't they weren't friends with everyone. So they didn't get booked. And all these new comics who were friends with everyone got booked. It was like a fucking, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, and then the international scene started being like, what the fuck, we have to talk to that open micer to get a fucking, right. to get a weekend? Yeah. Well, what's happening? It was, uh, I think, I honestly, I feel like that was the, that put a fucking huge dent in the comedy community in Montreal. The club being left by Jimbo and taken over and new bookers and all that shit. And Ernie and the, Yeah, and Ernie, Ernie, so Ernie fucking, it was the first one and then Jimbo leaving it I think was the second I mean, David brought it back, but it's still never, it's never been what we've heard. It's yeah. never been those the way it used the to be. The magic of yeah. the 80s and 90s. It's yeah. never been like that, and I don't think it ever will be like that, just because there is no, I mean, who knows, maybe, but I hope. I'm yeah. actually sad that I missed out. I just missed out on that whole uh, the Jimbo experience, you know what I mean? And that's my whole... It wasn't great. I started, <laughs> I started at that time. So Zone, Comedy Zone, Comedy Nest, Comedy Works, all at the same time. So Derek got and it. Then it the... And then Ernie, Ernie banned me, and then we got good, and we played golf together, and then he got sick and passed away. And a few years later, then Jimbo quit. Like, this is, for me, that's normal. It's all this topsy-turvy world that I've had to adapt to. And... Uh, that's maybe why I'm I'm so just like I'm, you know, the biggest comedy chain of comedy club in Canada is is the way it is, and I've worked with them, and I'm loyal to them, and I find it weird but fine. Everything's weird. It's all so weird. And having come from regular business too, I'm like, what? The f- it's this obs- is the opposite of how you would run any other business. But a lot of you got to be at a time where you had to become better. In order to get noticed by the owners, the bookers, right? That was your when I was was growing in comedy when I first started. I had to just avoid being as shit as a lot of people that were on. It's true because I remember you remember that time, man. It's good you were on that. That was one of the first times. It wasn't the first time we met. I think I had opened for you at the at the nest. But you remember the yucks when the yucks was open downtown. The, in the the Lombada club there? Yeah, like some club in the back. So I came there and they, they made me do an opening spot. It was I had gotten hurt, so I was walking all funny. And uh, I was never doing that club, but I decided, shit, I'm at the Nest next weekend. Let me do this here to see if I could still do comedy without being able to move. So I went up on stage, I got off, and then one of the owners decided to go on. And oh, right. it was... I don't think he was an owner at that time. Whatever but the fuck he was. About. It was 20... Abdul, it was 20 minutes of absolute horseshit. People were walking out. Then he started getting mad at people and telling them, oh, you don't think I'm funny? Well, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm I own a, a helicopter. Yeah. I own a helicopter. A plane, a plane. Oh, I own a plane. To, it got to yeah. the point where that's where I first met That's where I first met Angela. She came to the back. And, and she's co- loved you since then. Yeah, and she said, yeah. hey, get the kid back out there. What the fuck is this guy doing? This is horrible. Yeah. And I was like, is it that bad? And she's like, people are walking out. And the funniest part about the whole night isn't even that. The funniest part of the whole night is the that beginning. Angela blew you. <laughs> no, the funniest part of the whole night is how it started. Derek fucking knew. She gives hilarious. Because at the jobs. beginning, the, the guy comes in, the guy comes in and goes, "So I'm gonna MC the night, this and that." And Derek is just staring at him, and Derek's like, "Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna host." And then, and that's then, right. Rebecca Kohler yeah, was the Rebecca headliner. Yeah, Rebecca Kohler was the headliner. She asked and me, she's yeah. like, "Can you come tonight?" And I'm like, ah, "I was gonna have dinner with my mom, but all right, I'll come." Just down. your face. He's looking at me. Derek is analyzing. He's looking at me like, 
Yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna host tonight. Like telling him how it's gonna fucking yeah, go in this yeah. guy's club, and then the motherfucker doesn't go. Okay, fine. We'll try to mix it up. He's like, okay, fine. Then I'm gonna do 20 minutes. And Derek's face, you could tell from that moment. He's like, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> and when he went on, dude, to have you walk out, and then his girlfriend come in the back and be like, you gotta get this guy off stage. And at that time, when I was, that's what I had to avoid. I had to avoid being a hack. I had yeah. so that was what I saw. I was like, oh, I can't be this. I tried to avoid that. Where yeah, it did help. But at the same time, I do think that there's so much value in and also... And I even said that night, I said David Rain was the, the, the face of the thing. And I said, you, listen, I'm, this is my suggestion. I'll MC. Still give him the money. I don't, you don't have to pay me anything. I'm here to hang out with Rebecca. Yeah. And, but I think this is the way it should go. Let him still do a spot, whatever. And he can have his MC money. Because I think at the time, the MC money was $75. Something and like the that, middle yeah. was 40 or something. I'm like... You can give him the money, but I think this for everybody would be the better way to go. And so, oh, yeah, because I was there. I said I wasn't going to play it, but Rebecca asked me to go. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And yeah, that was funny. He was like, I'll do this. I'm like, mm. <laughs> He's like, no. Talk to David. I think, I think uh, <laughs> we're going to do it a different way. And he was only supposed to do seven. He did twenty. Yeah, he 20. did twenty. He went on after. Like I had good. I had a pretty good set. They had fun with it. He was I, Donald he, Trump that night. Yeah. So now that I think about it, it's like I have a plane. I don't. Give and a he shit. said it with hate, so they weren't laughing. He went a good because he went about twenty minutes. It was twenty or twenty-three minutes. I don't remember. But it was long. He just kept talking, even though they were telling him to get off. So he went to a period where there was minutes of complete silence, and uh, that you know the feeling in the audience when the guy's just being it doesn't work. And he then switched it to, <laughs> so you guys don't think this is funny? Well, uh, I don't really care. I just want you guys to know that I have a pilot's license, I have a plane, I have this and that. So I'm pretty well off. I have a beautiful yeah, wife or whatever. Saratoga the fuck. Or yeah. Whatever. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck's he doing? It was and like then, a Carly Simon song. So his girlfriend goes up, Angela comes <laughs> to the back and goes, what is this? Like, she was shocked. She's like, I've, what is this? Yeah. What's going on on stage right now? And I remember at the beginning of the That's show, Rebecca Cola was telling you, <laughs> she was trying to explain to us backstage, you don't know what this guy is on stage. Yeah. Like, the guy I- I- on stage is kryptonite, right? That's what he is. Like, he's everybody in the audience is Superman, and he's kryptonite. He just went on there and just killed comedy, but at the same time, this guy calls himself a comedian. But then I came back and Rebecca had the best set of the weekend. Oh, she but you destroyed me. him yeah, when you, he, no. you uh, first you apologize. I remember you apologize. You go, <laughs> he looked like, I don't know what the hell that was, something like that. And mm-hmm. it, the room exploded because it's like finally somebody's addressing the fact that right. he's like, I'm very sorry. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, he has a plane, guys. And then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was fucking yeah. hilarious. It was, I was like, yeah, yeah, you fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gave it to him good. Yeah. But yeah, that happens here, man, it ha- where you have these guys where they just don't know how to draw the line. And they're like, no, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge. Well, we should let everybody it. know, too, there's only about three sips left of this oh, podcast. This is, yeah, this is it. Six-pack is <laughs> we, almost empty. It, which is amazing <laughs> that we went through the whole thing in the <laughs> middle of the fucking afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's sun. <laughs> oh, my God. We brought the sun back. Yeah, the sun was gone when we started. All right. This is great. Right. But yeah, I mean, uh, dudes, I had fun. This was good. Yeah. All right, we still had three sips. You can keep going for the three, three sips. sips. I don't. I don't mind. Derek, what are you doing next? Um, drinking and driving. <laughs> oh, not yet, because there's there's food is almost here. Uh, so you're gonna eat first. What am I doing? I'm oh, going to wow. Dominican Republic on Sunday. Vacation or comedy? all right. So it's if you're uh, in Dominican, you can catch Derek at the uh, yeah. pool bar. Punta Cana, <laughs> Punta Cana, Patos Locos. Yeah. 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 at the pool bar, getting hammered. Just look for the loud, obnoxious French Canadian uh, <laughs> yelling dick jokes. At <laughs> no, I act Swedish when I'm on when I'm on vacation. I'm here to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets the sweets to get blamed for all the shitty behavior. <clears throat> 
And that, and, what are you doing? And You're then, uh, what the fuck do I have? I don't know. DerekSegan.com. There we go. DerekSegan.com. Twitter, Facebook. Go on Twitter. I follow you guys both. Abdul, what are you up to? And I don't know. Abdulbutt.com. Abdulbutt.com. I'm probably doing something with Derek. We're probably having. A, yeah. I bet you are. August. Rather, in August, we have a couple things together. August 15th, just we just fix that up. And then uh, Smooth Rock Falls. No, that's, that's just me. Yeah, that's what smooth rock? That sounds. Is cool. that the truck thing you're doing? Truck fest, oh yeah. man, I'm Truckers? so jealous. Oh, that'll be truck amazing. Fest. I feel truck like fest. that's it's like races. You know, the eighteen wheeler. That's they awesome. They do races. How, I bet you those people you cannot offend. I've never done it before. I'm very excited to go. It's very good. Holy shit, truckers! Smooth. It's smoothtruckfest.com. Smoothtruckfest.com. That's actually that wow. That is interesting. Holy it's gonna shit! It's going to be super cool. And it's another one of those towns. It's like a, I think it's a town of seven thousand. Like Sean Majumder's thing. Yeah. It's a town of 280 people normally, but then the, he does this festival where it goes up to like 10,000 people in one weekend. So Smooth Rock Falls, I think, is a town of 1,000 people, but they have this truck fest and it goes up to 10,000 people. Get the fuck out of here. You, yeah. It's so weird that these uh, there's these little small pockets of... of, of, of uh, think of Woodstock. Woodstock yeah. was a town of nobody right. and... Suddenly, there's a hundred thousand people watching music. Well, the rock fest now, like Montebello, is the same. Montebello, thing. yeah, Montebello is a seven thousand person. Have you ever gone place. to that? No. Oh my, my friend god! Went this weekend though, C. Jeremy was there. I wasn't. Yeah, there I know. I didn't get the fuck out of here. That kid was there. Yeah, he singing. Played it. Yeah, he, I think he played with Megadeth. <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah, what the fuck so. is going on? Uh, Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com/slash/pantelis. Thank you for listening.